Hey, are you aware of the Pamela Anderson 4 video? Welcome to the 2000s. I hate this town. I hate this fucking town. Dreams too big for this town. Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I'm as always Elaine, and with me, as always, there is a bunch of people. Say hello, bunch of people. Don't hello, literally bunch say of people. you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to do it myself. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sibby Talent. Hello, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Alex. We have another guest today. And this is great because Alex is a person who played in one of my uh, RPG campaigns, which is like a total random title here, but you have that title. Um, but you're also like a big fan of Builder Talent, which is the first time... We are fundamentally an archaeology podcast. We just like find this little, like this 2000 artifacts and we'll just look at them with <laughs> literally no context. It's like, huh, lit sure was interesting. They killed a the guy. Uh, but <laughs> every time, every time. Mm-hmm. They also have a VOR video with Pamela Anderson on it. She's God, come it. on. <laughs> <laughs> Let the video die. Like the members of Lit. <laughs> it was hard for. <laughs> You're welcome. You, you can't see the expression I'm making, but... Anyhow. You're welcome. I'm just for wondering once, what I've gotten myself into. It's the 2000. There's no rules. It's true. Nobody has founded the good charter for fur affinity yet. It's a wild west of fan art out there. I, I am sure none of those words are in the Bible. Anyhow, um... <laughs> it turns out you could still be stepped on by the wild cowboys of Moo Mesa. It's please, 2003. We... Sure. Sure. Uh, we have Alex, who's really into Billy Talent. He's a big Billy Talent fan, and they will explain to us this band. <laughs> Alex, explain to us this band. <laughs> oh, I'm explaining this band? Okay. Um, so Billy Talent were very much a part of my personal sort of awakening into the wider music sphere from going in from other things. Uh, their second album was one of the, I think it was the second album I bought myself, uh, after The Offspring's Greatest Hits. Um, so it really was like, you know, it's, discovered them just through going through sort of the music channels on tv one day the music video for red flag came up and it was good i jived with it uh they're um oh god talking and thinking about things at the same time (laughs) you'd almost think i should have been prepared uh they're a band that i've seen them live many times their shows have never disappointed I really like the activism they actually do, even while on tour as well. The fact that they're very inclusive. Um, one of my sort of quote unquote 
favorite facts about them, which is a downer to some, but I still think really good to think about, is the drummer has multiple sclerosis. Uh, they The first song off their first album is about this. Uh, it's something he kept quiet about during the start of their career because he wanted to avoid a lot of sort of the unwanted or unnecessary pity over it. But he became, he, it sort of came out after a while after he'd found out sort of, uh, from the story I've heard how young it can be diagnosed. That's when, so that's when he started talking about it, being active about it. And now while he doesn't do the drums while the band is touring, because unfortunately he's just not been able to after a relapse, I believe he still records the albums. He's still active with the band and active with that, with the activism in trying, in when they're going around as well, which, I love and is superb as someone with a physical disability myself. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, and today we're talking, as mentioned, about Billy Talent. And uh, Simon will hate this record. I I don't know if you will hate this record. You you did wow. You did. Sh- did do you hate this record, Simon? No, You're I the think one it's who hates. okay. I think it's interesting. I think it's not my jam, and I'm a little snippy at times. But there's also some stuff on here that I had some fun with. Okay. Adam will hate this record. Adam, do you hate this record? I don't hate it, no. Okay. <laughs> Only my records get hated on this podcast. Correct. That's the rule. That is absolutely not true, and you know that. Did you bring us Coheed? <laughs> Did you bring us Coheed in Cambria? I, I yes. brought you the Wonder Years, and you were all like, oh, um, we're gonna get hunted with a crossbow now. Um <laughs> Ellie, we literally didn't even hate it. Literally, literal Adam quote, I'm gonna come into this episode and be hunted with a crossbow. Also, I'm very <laughs> short. I'm Adam. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> literal quote. Billy Talent is a Canadian rock band from Mississauga, Ontario. They formed in 1993 with lead vocalist Benjamin Kowalski, Benjamin Kowalwicks, guitarist Ian Desa, bassist Jonathan Gallant, and drummer Aaron Solowania. Oh my god, these are some of the most Canadian names I've dealt with in years. God, Aaron Solowania. This formation is consistent to the present day, although, as was mentioned, apparently uh, Aaron is not always on tour with them. The band's name was originally Pez, standing for Pro Evolution Zocker, but the band renamed that, itself no, Billy... That, 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 that's just a joke that I put in there. Just, yes, but as sure. a Konami fan, I love that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The band renamed itself Billy Talent after running into legal trouble with that old dame, was it because of uh, Konami? Nobody knows, but Konami would sue in 1999. 
1999, the Canadian Pez received documentation from an American band named Pez, proving the latter had held the name internationally since 1989, and both of them were completely overshadowed by some fucking chalky candies. Good job, everybody. What? Real winners. <laughs> what? Pez. Do you not what? know Pez, P-E-Z, the candy? No. They have little dispensers that are a head on a stick, and you yank their head back and eat the candy out of their gaping neck wound. Oh, so they're body horror candy. Okay. They're also delicious. Okay. We don't have them in Italy. Uh, the Canadian band had no legal claim to their old name and thus changed it to Billy Talent, inspired by the guitarist character Billy Talent with two L's from Michael Turner's novel Hardcore Logo. In 2002, the band met with record executives and signed a co-venture agreement with Atlantic Records and Warner Music Canada. In the fall of 2003, where we reside chronologically right now, the band releases their full-length, self-titled album, Billy Talent. By all accounts, this band has continued to have the same problem that Pink Floyd did for about four decades, where you would have people asking which one's pink. The record will be extremely successful in Canada, while floating somehow under the radar in America, peaking at 194 on the Billboard 200, but four singles for the record will be released. Try Honesty, The X, River Below, and Nothing to Lose, with Try Honesty getting extensive play on Canadian alternative radio. Yeah, and we can start talking about the record uh, after this brief history. This is how it goes. Worth Genius tells me that if I like this track, I might also like Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God by Kate Bush. You know, that makes sense. I mean, that's just because everyone likes that track. Like, people who don't like Kate Bush don't even count as people. Oh, we don't, do we? You don't like Kate Bush? I don't like Kate Bush's politics. Like, what are her politics? I just, I'm just aware of her music. She's a Tory. Oh, mm. you. Mm. Yeah. Anyhow, after the sad news, um, question. The voice of the singer, which I don't mind, but it's very distinctive. Is he trying to be the, uh, the driving dude, or is he trying to be Serge Tankian? <laughs> because it seems to be, like, in between those two voices, it seems to be. I described it as, what if Franz Ferdinand and David Hasselhoff had a baby? <laughs> I feel mine is more accurate, but yours is funnier, so you know. It's it's more about how he's delivering some of these lines. Yeah, to me the delivery felt very like Serge Tankian, like it felt sort of like he was trying to do the System of a Down thing. But also a lot of the song does sound very poster core, does sound like they're like a less technical, like at the drive-in they're trying to do that thing. Um, which is good. 
Like, I, in fact, when they're going heavier, like in the first two opening track, they're going heavier on the post-hardcore stuff, like, where I enjoy this record the most. But no, the, the first song, I really like the song. The, the two opening tracks are probably my high point for this record. I spent, like, this has a really cool riff. Again, it sounds very post-hardcore. It also sounds sort of new metal. They don't do a lot of this, but, like, the, um, the verse on this almost have that rap quality to them, <laughs> even though it's not specifically rap, but they do have the sort of rhythmic, um, where Limp Bizkit was big this year kind of uh, thing going on. Um, they all, this almost sounds like Killian Ant Farm to some degree, um, which is not a bad thing to sound like. Oh yeah, I can see that. That That's a good comparison that I hadn't thought of before. I can see that with this track. This is a good, like, heavy track. This is not what I... A lot of a lot of um commentary on rate of music describes them as describes them as like very pop punky, which I don't necessarily what I'm hearing here. Like this is heavier. This has like its own personality. There is like a really fucking weird comment that's like um that just compares them to pop the band P U P and it's like I don't see that at all. Like P U P is like a very very classic punk, very like punky band, and they they lean more on the poster core side of things. They're heavier, which is good, gives them a bit of personality. But I enjoy this track. What about everyone else? I think that the vocalist is questionable. Again, Franz Ferdinand plus <laughs> David Hasselhoff solely on delivery, but. It goes on a little long for how repetitive the lyrics are, which is a problem I have a lot with this band. Mm-hmm. I'm I could agree into, with that. I'm into the first few tracks on this. I think they have an interesting sound. I would also say they're not particularly pop punk and lean a little more metal in places. There's a couple that I would classify as post-hardcore, but they seem like they're trying to get onto rock radio rather than alt-rock radio. I do agree with the length thing. I feel there's... Um... There's a couple of tracks that are just like, oh, you could have shaved, like, you gotta shave one repetition from this. To be fair, most of the tracks do that. This album did not need a five-minute track. It very much shows that this is their first big album, uh, with a lot of, not just how the songwriting comes in, with how repetitive it can be and how it can be drawn out, but also that it very much shows that the band is still sort of going, oh, that's cool, we'll just see what we can do with this bit of what's popular and this bit of what's popular it's very much got a lot of the band finding the sound that works for them uh if you ever listen to any of their other albums it's a real like because when i agreed to be honest i did end up going through not just this one but all of them again uh and it's just to sort of get an idea again of how the band's grown and changed and how that's not gone not just with what's popular but with how they've grown older and learned and done things. And as, as I said, to me, this really does seem like we've gotten big. How can we, how can we keep momentum going and do what we like? Yeah, that makes sense. And we will go through, I'm assuming, most of their album as the podcast goes on. We're going, we're doing every single pop punk and emo album until 2013. Kill us. <laughs> We have a spreadsheet. I I think we have like a thousand, more than a thousand albums left. <laughs> <laughs> why why did I ever choose to do we, that? We we don't. How much do we have left? 
Uh, remaining we have, do, 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 and this is not counting anything we may have blacked out, about 375. That, that doesn't, that is, that's less than a thousand. Here's the thing. You also have to realize this is me counting how many squares there are. Because you have something set up as three singles, not one album. Yeah, but that's just a couple of things. Let's be real. We have a lot, a lot of things to go through. Also, we have three upcoming Billy Talent albums. Mm. Mm-hmm. Woo. Billy Talent 2, 3, and... Dead uh, Silence. Yep, that is the one. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, they, they still do music to this date, which... Uh, yeah, the latest album came out this year. Uh, I think it was this year? I believe it was. It was either this year, it was within the last year, either this year or at the end of 2021. And it still slaps. When I sort of listened to it, it was I explained it to my partner as, oh, it is. it was just like coming home to something familiar again. It was very on point, especially considering the past couple of years in general. <clears throat> what, you mean you're not coming out of this psychologically healthy? I seem to be doing pretty okay for myself. <laughs> I, I started transition, and I'm currently spending my time unemployed between jobs by punishing myself with all the worst JRPGs from my backlog. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the Caligula effect? We can also talk about that when we get to the suicide Isn't song that a on this album. Novel? You're being no, ja- it's what? not. Is, is that a JRPG? I thought that was a visual novel. That's a JRPG. Okay. <laughs> Did you know it has 500 different students to interact with? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, hold on. Let me get the map. <laughs> <laughs> so, back on topic of this song while we get that information. Yeah. This is the song that's about the drummer's multiple sclerosis. Um, it was when I, and sort of, if you go over the, what the hell am I looking at? If you go over. You're looking at the entire map of the three year students. There's only 524 of them. <laughs> that looks like a Jordan Peterson diagram. Where is the dra- dragon of chaos? It looks like... Okay, so I there actually is one. There actually is a dragon care. of chaos. Let Alex talk. Alex was mm. talking about interesting things, <laughs> and you're talking about this. So I vote Alex. Alex, go. <laughs> so if you consider this song about not being able to control your body, what you're doing, losing motor function, uh, the lyrics stick a lot better when you realize that this song for me stuck a lot better after the drummer's announcement um personal favorite line from this is in the chorus you can steal my body but you can't steal my soul i yeah i haven't looked closely at a lot of the lyrics mostly because again i've been having a massive headache since yesterday uh, but they don't, nothing of them really like i i everything seems like pretty solid like songwriting wise nothing really stuck out to me where it like really got me but i didn't find it like they they, they're very much and this is not not an insult or anything but they're very much like punk lyrics like they remind me of bands like um strung out like a lot of the heavier like 2000 bands had like all of them had like a pretty consistent like style of writing which was very we're gonna get a, li- a couple of lines. They're gonna get be like sort of one-liners, impactful. 
Uh, but also there's not a lot of coherence and that's not meant to be because, you know, it's noisy music and you just want the one line that stands out. Uh, and it feels like they're doing the songwriting, which is not a bad thing. It's co- coherent with the genre that they do, uh, which uh, is good. It's solid. Um, you know, it's just not really my thing. Like, it's not bad, but, you know, it's not... Uh, I don't particularly vibe with the uh, sound of the vocalist for this, which is a lot of what they have going on. I did like the lyrics, though. They also seem to be a band that has a lot of, at least at this point, message songs. There's three or four that I picked out without checking the vocals alone. Mm. And maybe I'm going to find out that, uh, oh, three of these are also tributes to a missing ex or some guy we knew who drove the van for five years or whatever. We'll see. Is this the Wonder Years again, <laughs> where you cannot criticize any of the songs because they're all about heavy topics? Oh, there's one of these where I definitely erased a lot of notes after discovering something. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we need to we need to go back to talking about Dumber bands. We need to, we need to do an Offspring episode. Offspring, please release a new record so we can make fun of it. <laughs> Offspring, please don't do that. We don't want your record. <laughs> Uh, and then we go to the next song, which is... Uh, Living in the Shadow. Don't you tell me what you think is right! Good news! Dexter Holland has confirmed The Offspring is working on new material for their 11th Yay! studio album as of as of September 2022. Why would you tell me this? Well, now that he got his PhD in, like, studying AIDS, apparently, yeah. he can go back to make really stupid music. I, I, I do love that that's his life cycle. It's get famous at 30, do great, but like, Gonna go get my PhD in a pilot's license. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just found out something amazing about The Offspring since we last covered them. Oh, boy. August 2021, drummer Pete Parada announced he would not be touring with The Offspring for not receiving a COVID vaccine. He explained this was under the advice of his doctor due to having been previously infected. In a November 2021 interview, Holland and Wasserman detailed the roadblocks they looked into when they found out what it would take to tour with an unvaccinated member. However, Pete Parada later admitted he was deemed unsafe to be around, not only on tour, but also in the recording studio. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, then. Good job, Pete. Fucked that up for yourself. It's almost like when your vocalist is getting their PhD in basically virology... You might want to consider your stance on vaccines a little more. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that that sounds really reasonable. Anyhow, back to Billy Talent, Living in the Shadows. That is probably my favorite song. This is the most straightforwardly like, postcard song of the record. 
there's a lot of shouting, like a lot of high-pitched mm-hmm. shouting, which again, if I didn't have a headache today, I would probably enjoy a lot more. Uh, the screams are almost grating, but in a way that I think works. It's like, yeah. But then again, I'm, I'm, I'm weird. I like abrasive music. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, I like how terrible the screams are. I think this is the only album they go hard on the screams and rough vocals. Um, cause there are a few other, I think there are a couple other tracks on this album where they feature quite heavily. Uh, but when it gets to their second album, it's only the first track. And I think they're not in the third or fourth albums at all, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I, I don't know how to feel about that. I sort of like this. Like, they're, they're really grating, but in a way that, like, I can aesthetically appreciate. Yeah. It, 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 it gives them an edge. Um, yeah, this is I'm one of the songs that mostly, mostly feels like a poppier, like, less technical at the drive-in. I really like the guitars on the verse. I think the verse are solid. Um, I'm a bit mixed on the hook, on the chorus, because the guitar goes a lot more standard punk on that instead of just like the franticness of the um, of the verses which i really like uh but yeah this is in like this feels like as i describe it it's like a mix between like new metal poster core and like especially in the vocals and a lot of the melodies of like art of drowning era afi like of course not in the goth stuff but in that that kind of melodic punk, like melodic hardcore. That's good. Like this is probably my, my the high track of the album for me. This is just like where the style coheres in a way that I find really enjoyable. Oh, see, I actually have a note. I like all of these elements, but not in this combination. This had me very nervous after the first track, but then things went in some different directions. You see, that's interesting. That comes up later for me. There are a lot of tracks later when I'm like, I, en- I I think I enjoy this in theory. I don't know why it doesn't click for me. But yeah, I, this track, I, I like this track specifically. It's just, remi- again, anything that reminds me, even if in a way poppier, way less technical way of at the drive-in, is doing something right. Because, you know, at the drive-in rules. You keep saying a less technical at the drive-in. I just have to point out, most things are less technical than at the drive-in. The only way you get a more technical at the drive-in is if you get the Mars Volta. I mean, yes, but... Uh, any Anyone else on this song? Uh, I think for me, this is one of the songs that when I think of this album, it just starts sort of playing automatically in my head. Uh, and I think that goes down to just how the verses flow. Uh... I think I also had the chorus of this song set as my alarm tone for a while, just because of how abrupt it is. That'll do it. Uh, did did that not kill the song for me? <laughs> when I did that with songs, they just started dead for me after a while. It's like, yes, I have a negative reaction to this Sounds song. Sounds like a personal <laughs> problem, Ellie. <laughs> it is. I cannot so listen I had... to... I cannot listen to... Um, Time whore by the tree people anymore because it was my alarm throughout university. See, that's why I don't set. I sit. I do just try and get like the chorus or the verse or the bridge or the solo or a part of a song because I still get to enjoy the song as a whole. But there will always be that one part where it's like it either jerks me to alertness or I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. 
I've had the same alarm for 15 years and counting now, so I'm just very used to MIDI renditions of Ferelise and uh, another Beethoven track. Amazing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't do uh, song alarms anymore. I just do the, the standard... What? No, that's annoying. <laughs> yes, that's the point. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm not good at waking up. I need something annoying. I, when I set my alarm, I set like 10 of them throughout like two hours. I set the alarm across the room for me, so I have to get up to get it up. I generally don't need an alarm to get up. Well, you're weird. Um, yeah, that's because you're young. <laughs> I mean, no, see, I used to have a really hard time waking up, but I also used to only sleep like twice a week, so. This explains a lot. <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. I didn't think it was, which explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, like, see, the problem with putting the alarm on the other side of the room is that, like, I am fully able to slip through an alarm. I, and this is, this is a story, I don't know if I already told the story, but in university, they used to have um, fire alarm drills. Uh, Either fire yeah. alarm drills mm-hmm. or sometimes something burns stuff or like they're fucking smoking weed in the kitchen and they're dumb because they're all university students. So the fire alarm would go a lot in university. Mm-hmm. would go off a lot. So I basically eventually just learned to slip through it because it would just go on a lot and usually you just have to go down and wait for stuff to be clear that it's always nothing. So eventually my brain just was like, no, you're not hearing this. This is a very loud alarm. This is like ear piercing. And my brain is still like, nope, you're not waking up when you hear this alarm. We've decided that. And eventually there was actually a fire and like I've, I, I, I got my door knocked down because I was sleeping. <laughs> so that's great. That, that's, that's why I cannot do like faraway alarms <laughs> because eventually my brain will just train itself to not hear them. Um, I also got fined because I didn't, I was sleeping, which seems mean. Imagine if you get fucking hurt and then you also get fined. That would suck. I didn't get hurt. It was a mild fire, but, you know. <sighs> a mild fire? What a sentence. Could be an album Maybe it's because I just watched a guy get viscerally burned to death for my last show under 30 minutes ago, but... Hmm. Anyhow... Lupin the Third! It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good... I haven't watched any of the modern stuff, but Lupin the Third is uh, good. The woman called Fujiko Mine is very danger horny. Okay, then. Uh, does anyone have anything else about this song? No, let's get let's get to the war crime. <laughs> what? what? That flat top! Did you not see that flat top? I have not watched the videos. Anyhow, let's try honesty! Let's go to the next song.
I liked the guitar on this one a lot. This is where it starts getting popular, and I mean, this is the first single, so of course. Um, yeah, the guitar is very emo on this one. My first note on this is emo-ass guitar. Yeah. Emo is good. I first noticed, what the fuck is that hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's the hair of someone who, until their latest album or tour, hasn't changed their hair since, so he's had that hairstyle for like going 20 years. I mean, that's commitment. This is two notes in Dark Souls. Try honesty, and then three steps beyond try honesty, you gave up. Um, and yeah, this is where the record goes popular, and uh, I don't hate this song, but I, I do feel it doesn't come, come off as cohesive as the last song, which had this very hard, like, unique sound. Uh, but I still like it. Like I like it more in theory than in practice. Is one of the songs. Um, the, it doesn't quite click for me, and I'm not sure why. The chorus is good. The the verses are good. They have like a good emo influences. Like it almost feels like, you know, they're definitely heavier than their peers. Uh, this song specifically feels like you know taking back Sunday, but with uh, punk and uh, post hardcore influences. Like. Just pushing the accelerator on those. The choruses, the choruses remind me a lot of AFI. Mm-hmm. At least um, I can see that. The Art of Drowning era AFI specifically. It's like that they have that kind of melodic heart, melodic like skate punk choruses that are very distinctive. Uh, I, I was gonna say something that uh the singer said in interviews is that this song was basically almost just thrown together. Uh which it's surprisingly good, depending on how much of that is actually the case. But uh, one of the things he said was that Ian had the try honesty, try honesty parts in the chorus, and he was just sort of filling them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I, I could see that. Uh, Sybil, do you have anything that's not about hair on the song? We get it. The, the hair is terrible. Um, yeah. I still, um, I still don't know what House Party is, and I'm not sure I want to learn you what don't. it is. It's an old comedy. It's fine. Old comedies suck. Okay. New comedies also suck. Comedy is a lie and a sham. <laughs> oh, my God. oh no, comedy. No. We have a comedy denial. You, if you here. come to me on the day of Pop Team Epic Season 2's premiere with comedy sucks. Okay, you're right. Pop Team Epic specifically is true comedy. I can't deny it. Goddamn right it is. I'm going to be watching that the instant we're done recording. That's not I'm a joke. going to work the instant we're done recording. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, this track is interesting because I noticed there were interviews saying, yeah, this this would be what defined our sound. It just kind of came together accidentally. This is where the band goes by their own admission. It, And I think that's why this is why I turn on it a bit, because this is more standard pop-punky. The vocals feel flatter here, but that might just be the compression on the old I, video. I th- No, I think the, the mixing on the vocal, uh, I think, the more I think about it, I feel the mixing on the vocal lacks a bit of punch, which is a lot why a lot of the songs don't quite hit for me. Um, and I'm not, So I was listening I'm to not, a recent not, remaster on everything but the video tracks. I have not listened to the remaster, which is interesting. I've listened to the original master, because both of them are on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not a sound engineer, so I cannot give you the details, but it does feel to me like this needed 
punchier vocals, not necessarily in the execution, just in the mixing. The mixing seems to just have something lacking specifically on the vocal track for me. It does leave me a little disappointed because this song is Warp Tour fodder. Six copies of this band would be on stages at any given time. Yeah. I, I can't I can't deny that. I, this is actually my least favorite song off this album. Just because, to me, it doesn't have as much of a punch as the rest of the album, both lyrically and sort of technically or song-wise. It exists. I can see why this was the first single. It's I. It's got a sound. You can see kind of what the band's about. I can see why this would get people interested. But aside from that, it exists. It's not my album low, but it's definitely the first one that had me going, I'm not into this. This brings me to a question. Sybil, were they on any warp tour that you were at with your sister? Uh, let me check. I think we actually looked this up, and maybe... Let me see if Billy Talent were on the warp tour. Also, Adam, thoughts on this song? Um, this was the first song on the album where I was like, oh yeah, I'm kind of into this. Oh, I like the guitar. Uh, if you do ever watch any live videos of the bands playing, do pay attention to Ian's guitar playing. It is surprising the amount of things he is doing just himself. Mm. I'll have to go back to that last recording, but I'm pretty sure we determined it was the 2006 one I attended, and Billy Talent were on that tour. This is another case of cursed ads, because this is how I learned that La Brea is coming back. The time travel sinkhole swallowing L.A. show. I thought that got cancelled. <laughs> what? The fuck Explain. 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 Yeah, and NBC really needs a hit again. Uh, one of their biggest dramas, apparently, last year was La Brea, a show where people get sucked down into the La Brea tar pits, which become a time hole to the prehistoric era. Dinosaurs start coming out in the modern day, and innocent tourists get sucked down into the past. And now I guess this season, uh, the sinkholes in time are going to start like swallowing the Hollywood sign and doing other things around L.A.? At least according to the ad I got. Hmm. You know, that sounds... Really similar to another thing I watched where that was happening, except it, you know, just wasn't a Librea tar pit. Uh, hmm, what was it called? It, it turns out a lot of network dramas like the idea of Oops Dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, I was really into the show, so <laughs> they're not wrong. Oops Dinosaurs is good. I like this song. This is, again, the closer it gets to that franticness of a posture core, the, like, um, relationship of command kind of franticness, and this is uh, it's really good. It's like, it's a song that just goes fast, 
doesn't slow through through any of it. It's just like frantic. It's heavy. It has that guitar even during the chorus. It's just like backing vocal shouting, but it's still. It's good. It's a good punk song. It's like energy, great. Second best song of the record for me after Living in the Shadow. This just this is fun. This is a fun song, and I have basically nothing but to say about it. When they're fast and they're fun and they're heavy, uh, that's when I like this record. It has a funkier bassline on it, and so that picked me back up some after the last track. I misheard the lyrics incredibly. In Does this it involve track. Oprah again? No. No, it's not. It's not balls deep in Oprah. No, it's. I I no misheard the entire second verse, and I thought they were talking about making a sandwich because I have notes here. Mayonnaise in the right place. We've got it on the right side. <laughs> How did I mishear these so badly? I think it's down to the delivery. <laughs> You should use Spotify to let you look at the lyric while you listen to the song. So you can I will never problem. use a Spotify. I mean, lyrics videos were made for that sort of thing. You don't need Spotify. Yeah, I, I watched the uh, the waiting line one last week. Hmm. The what? What was the band we did? The Wonder yeah. Years. The Wonder Years. <laughs> hey, I was close. We'll start up a W. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the other sitcom, The Waiting Line. Mm. That's literally how I think of The Wonder Years every time. Oh, the sitcom band. Ah, it's Parks and Recreation. No, that would make <laughs> me want a gag. <laughs> uh, I knew that, it, would, that would upset it, you. It turns out I, I was never fond of the show that was a big sloppy blowjob for Joe Biden's deteriorating brain. I think it, it was fine, Sybil. It was funny. It, it just aged poorly in, in terms of politics. Like most the actual comedies. funny people in it have done better things. Like Chris Pratt? I said the actual <laughs> funny people. Uh, I, 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 I am actually not sure if I liked Amy Poehler in anything else I've seen her in. I don't think I do. Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, we're a sitcom podcast now. Um, yeah, we're a sitcom podcast now. We're talking about Parks Oh, and sorry. I'm, I'm quitting. <laughs> that's a... I actually think that's a really good bonus episode idea, is just picking some sitcom episodes from this time period and going, wow, things could be worse. <laughs> Let's talk about friends. Uh, Alex, get us out of this hell and talk about this song. <laughs> uh... As you said, Elaine, this song is very fast and frantic, and I think that's its biggest high point. I love that this song just goes and goes hard. It's not. I think this is the track where they're def. This is the track where I say they're definitely not pretending to be something else. This song is from a bunch of people who are just pissed off at the world sometimes and need to get that out. Uh, the one thing I will say for this song is I remember the chorus perfectly, but I cannot remember how the verses go at all. Like, I've got the lyrics up. I can see what they say, but in my head, I can't play it back. I'm so glad it's not just me. Hey, fun fact. 
<laughs> Fun fact, uh, Rivers Cuomo is actually on Billy Talent's latest album, did guest vocals. Oh, yep. no! Rivers Cuomo oh, appears no. on everyone's album. <laughs> Rivers Cuomo is on one or two albums a year where I just delete a track every time. He's on Big Data's album. He's on a Joywave album. He's on an Avalanche's album. He's on. How does that dude just keep getting his completely auto-tune-centric voice onto tracks he doesn't deserve to be on? Magic. He gives good head, I guess. <laughs> Same thing. Um, what line? What one are we on? Uh, uh, hook, line, and sinker? Mm-hmm. Do you have any? Not line and sinker. It's just line and sinker. Line and sinker. Line and sinker. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, do you have anything to say about it? Uh, that's alright. It's still not my vibe, but I'm not like, wow, this is terrible. I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. I like that I brought Adam to this podcast just to sort of hang back and sometimes say that, say that this music is not his vibe. Oh, I don't know what you want from me. No, I'm not criticizing you. I think it's a great role that you have, the person who's just there not appreciating the vibe. I, I, I do appreciate we've got the wider variety of opinions here. There's me who's like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> we can just slowly go down the scale from there. And eventually we have Sybil being like, look, a GRPG. <laughs> Squirrel. Hey, I'll have you know, I bring good research to every stupid tangent I go down. You do. That's important. It's appreciated. And half of them will be cut from the episode because I'm editing this. Let's talk about Grounded for Life. That's another sitcom nobody speaks about. Let's talk life. about the next song, Life. This is this is Green this Day. Is, this is Green Day. This is the Green Day song. Yeah, it's green got day. a. This is the Green Day song to me. Oh, it's got a twangy country pop sound to it. It's one of the bottom two tracks on. Oh, this, this is like my top track. <laughs> oh God, this is a very melodic song sung by a person who has an incredibly non-melodic voice. Like the voice of this dude is made for shouting. And this is just a weird sing-along track, and I don't like this at all. I was like, oh, thank God, there's less shouting. <laughs> this is like Green Day, and I hate Green Day. <laughs> this is not the Green Day track. Well, this is a Green Day track, at least. I wouldn't say this is the most Green Day track on the album, though. Okay. I'm, I'm curious to know which... Which is the other Green Day song for all of you, but we'll get there. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't like this at all. That's it. I I would say I, th- I think this is not the best, but the most interesting song on the album to listen to. Um, I, go on. This is a song where I generally really like the pacing of it. 
I like the... I don't want to say tricks, but I like the way the vocals tie in and go into each other as the track goes through. Um, I'm also a big fan of the guitar work on this song. Simon, do you have anything? I... Alright. I've mentioned it in passing that they have very repetitive tracks in places. Yeah. Most of their choruses are two call and repeat bits over and over. This is the one that grates on me more than that because it's lies make it better. Lies are forever. Lies to lie, lie, lie. Oh my god. I'm done. I'm done. You you need better choruses. Please tell me their choruses improve on Billy yes. Talent 2. They do. Then Thank God. That is their weakest the, aspect by a mile for me right now. The chorus the I do really like the chorus. I like how it flows. I do very much understand your point. But I do think it's too long, and especially with the double chorus at the end. And even before the bridge, it's just it's too much. These tracks are in most cases, 70% chorus by volume, because they have some very short verses on a couple of these. Anyhow, I find this song incredibly annoying just because of the sing-alongy nature <laughs> of it. And yeah, not for me. Let's go to a song that's more for me. Let's go to... DX! This is punkier, like this is less poster core, this is less heavy, but in a better way. Like this is just like a Kate Punk sort of melodic hardcore song. It has like the little understated intro that's very like circa 98 pop punk. Um, it's weaker, it's sort of repetitive. This has the Sybil problem that was mentioning. Um, this has the problem that Sybil was mentioning. The Sybil problem is another thing. That's a Nazi thing. Um, the Sybil problem is talking about zoo. <laughs> the Sybil question. Um, but no, uh, yeah, this a is... A Sybil plant. <laughs> this has the problem of being sort of repetitive, but overall, I enjoy it way more than lies. It has better, like, the chorus is better and everything about it is better, and it's actually a song that doesn't want to make me kill myself. Uh, but no, this is fine. This is a more of a punk song in a better way. I still think this is one of the weaker of the record, just because I like them when they're a bit heavier. Uh, but this is a solid, like, skate punk song. I do like that it's an angry breakup song. Like, yes, it's a bit whiny, 
but it's great to hear a song about a breakup that's not just, oh, I'm so sad. Really? Because that's what I got out of this. Well, I heard she's great, (laughs) and her new boyfriend's lame. Well, she can go to hell. I'll never be the same. And they repeat that a few times. Sibyl, do you you prefer this or anything that Chris Caraba wrote? Which one was Caraba? Uh, Dashboard Confessional. This one wins. (laughs) That guy has a particularly punchable set of (laughs) lyrical chops. This is a guy who I don't want to hear grousing at the bar. Chris Caraba Mm. is a guy I would start a fight with. (laughs) Yeah. But come on. No, then the sky. This is lyrically very. Yeah, this is lyrically very simple, and uh, I don't know. Then yeah, my heart turned black. Then the sky turned gray, and so I sat in my room for twenty-seven days. She never called. I had something to say. This is not an angry breakup song. This is a oh nobody's nobody's listening to me. I would have given my life for her. Now I'm on the corner. Well, it sounds angry, which is good because I like the sound yeah. of the song. It's you know a spankier, but I, I agree on the lyric. I think the core problem of breakup, like breakup songs, are surprisingly I'm trying to articulate this because breakup songs are very immediate in that it's easy to write a bad breakup song and it's still being like relatable to people because. People going through a breakup are in a specific, like, heightened emotional state. On the other hand, on a technical songwriting standpoint, writing a good breakup song is really fucking hard. I think we have, like, two or three good breakup songs in two years <laughs> of podcast that we did. And one of Where? Uh, Jimmy Edward had a really good breakup song. Oh. Uh, and I wasn't there for that, but I respect them. They, they are good... Dude, Jimmy, Jimmy, it, dude. Um, I don't remember the what? name of the thing, but it's a really good thing, right? <laughs> I don't remember the name of the thing, so it's officially Jimmy, it, dude. <laughs> the face I'm making is sure something right now. <laughs> now you know Jim Atkins. what it's like. I, I remember it. Jim Atkins is the guy from Jimmy, it, word. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, this is fine. This is a standard punk yeah. breakup song. It's fast and it's angry. And, it's uh, fast, it's angry. Like, it's someone who's feeling sorry for themselves. And I also get the feeling it's someone who's feeling sorry for themselves. And they're not happy about that either, because what the fuck? So here's the thing I'll give you. <laughs> I think the delivery is definitely hard and angry and fits a breakup track. I just think that the writing does not carry that because if I actually have the lyrics or if I hear the lyrics, it doesn't work. And that's why I think this vocalist being kind of all over the place is sometimes a help, sometimes a hindrance for this band. Sure, sometimes I think an entire verse is about a sandwich, but sometimes I'm not hearing the lyrics correctly and I'm just getting tone across and it's much better for it. Anyhow, what's the next song? River Below. The, this is the one about uh, River Cuomo giving good head. You mentioned that. <laughs>
Before we go into this, I just want to know, did any of you watch the video for this? Yes, I have. Nope. Okay. No. Cool. We'll come back to that. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. This is sort of weird. Uh, the chorus is fine melodically, but again, I think it's the mixing vocals that get me, because I think the, the melody of this chorus is very good in theory. And then I listen to the song, and it doesn't quite work for me, and I'm not sure why. It might be because maybe there's it needed more verse, it needed less chorus and more verse. It might be because just the mixing, but yeah, I think it's a lot of good ideas. Not, yeah. they don't come I together. think from what I remember, this song does actually improve a fair bit from the remaster. I tend to prefer listening to the original master, but I think this is one of the ones where I'd go. Actually, uh, I'll give you that because I had to go looking for the now memory hold video, and ooh boy, was that a rougher cut. Okay. Talk to us about the video, Fiddle. So this video is about Timothy McVeigh. Who? The Oklahoma City Bomber. Yeah. This is a... This song is about someone, um... A domestic terrorist. Yeah, that. (laughs) Two domestic terrorists. Yeah. This is... This is just straight up. A very clean-cut gentleman in a 60s-looking environment is watching the news and seeing the bombs drop in probably Nam, and then he decides he's going to build his own bomb, and meanwhile the band is just playing across the street. And uh, the video ends, at least in the cut I saw, apparently there is a censored version of it too, with him detonating it and blowing himself and the band off of the face of the earth. Before I discovered that this was explicitly a McVeigh reference, uh, my only notes on this were I sing in a society. So I, I'm glad to find out that there was an actual point to this one rather than me just thinking, oh my god, are, are we really going how dare you not recognize my greatness? No, no, it's <laughs> intentional. Yeah, it, I, I will say Billy Town are a band that are generally smarter than they appear. Um a lot of their songs have taken me a few listens to. One of their songs off the second album, I only got this year. We, we need to bring you back on the second uh, album if the UK isn't under the sea by then. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Yeah, if the UK is under the sea by then, we lose you too. I know, that's that's part of the <laughs> joke. Okay, I'm just checking. I, I want to make sure it's not like, we need to bring this guest back if they're alive. That's... Uh, also, if we're alive, that's a, that's a multi-layer yeah. joke. I'm like Billy Talent. It takes time for people. Ellie, to I can't in. die. I can fly. Huh. <laughs> Damn. Wish that was me. I can swim, though, so You do I'll have be me fine. beat there. I can't swim, but I'm sure I, I can buy plenty of armbands and floaty things. <laughs> mm, better start stocking up, yeah. Uh, and now we go into the back third which is the the one i have least notes for so please everyone support me because otherwise i will just die let's go to standing in the rain which is a weird one my head it hurts each day it's getting worse my looks and smile have now become my curse tight lips red skirt the never-ending street big car little man my love for a fee Now, if you see me while 
made me think. Panic at the disco. I can maybe see. This is a very theatrical song. I was thinking more Sister Emma Down here than like. I can yeah. see both. You have to understand. I don't listen to a lot of music. Not as fair. I, I, I mean, I don't actually like Sister Emma Down, but uh, that's just me. Um, Panic at the Disco is like what I have to compare it to. No, that's fair. Uh, so this song's about prostitution. Sort of. See? Yeah. This song's about Robert Picton. Who? Robert Picton is a guy who got away with murdering a lot of prostitutes in uh, Canada for years oh, in the 80s. That one. Uh, the pig farm killer was another name for him. But yeah, he would just take him, bring him home. Uh, he was yet another one of those famous cases where it's like, yeah, you know, the cops just kept not putting in the two minutes of legwork to catch this guy. And boy, that that cost a lot of lives. Cases. So I have a question. <laughs> What's the deal with the whole, like, murdering prostitute things? Is it just like uh, they usually don't have, like, families and shit that would look for them? Or is it, like, more of a psychosexual thing? It It's probably a little of both but it's the fact that the cops do not give a fuck and will not look for who killed these people it is the same reason you would have uh, a lot of cases of oh that you know like the famous Dahmer story of oh that's just a fight between two gays as they return a guy with a bleeding head wound to him to finish off yeah yeah no it's uh it, anyway, <laughs> that's a known quantity, and that's how that sort of thing tends to have minority populations be easy targets for this kind of thing. Well, that's incredibly depressing. Yeah. The chugga chugga guitar on this track does nothing for me, and I think it's sort of a weaker version of River Below, because again, it's referencing true crime stuff. Is that a thing that they start doing no, after I, this album? I also... I... Not as much as far as I'm aware, but I also don't get the true crime reference, and it's not something I've come across regarding this song before. I'm going to okay, have to yeah, look that I, up. I saw that it was definitely Picton, because missing since 1983, and a few people referencing the case. Okay. Mm -hmm. We came across the... F we, we've, we've seen true crime podcast, now it's time for true crime podcast. <laughs> for what it's worth. Uh, one of the only true crime podcasts I listen to for a time is the only reason I know so much about the Picton case. Sh Shoutouts to last podcast on the left. This okay, the next song's not about domestic terrorism, prostitution, or murder, so we, so we might have a bit of a cheerier topic discussion. <laughs> Curtains, which is where they go incredibly bad. 
this is this is a very bad song. This is nineties hard rock vibe. Almost like almost Alice in Chains on this song. I wrote that this feels like a really bad later Aussie track. That is also not not incorrect. Yeah. I mean, slamming on disco. Uh, we're talking about just this is a bitter track that feels like uh how dare those other genres get in on the hallowed halls of rock this is, this feels like a very rock song this feels like a rock song for rock people it's uh i don't even hate it because i think there's like some cheesy enjoyment to get on it but this is doing a specific thing um you know and uh and it's sort of cute <laughs> i this is a song I like to listen to and vibe to occasionally. I've never thought deeper into it because I don't think there's anything deeper than what's on the surface there. No, no, I was just going to make a joke if you asked about the crime that, the you know, the Icarus case. I, I like the 3DS version better. You're never going to get me to successfully play a Kid Icarus game. That's the Sybil promise. Why? I think you wouldn't. I think you would enjoy the 3DS game, Sybil. It's uh, the game that had a control scheme so bad they included a stand. Well, you can emulate it nowadays. That game is very you. I don't know what this is, so I'm curious. It's it's a video game series about Kid Diggers. I want to know why Sybil doesn't want to play them though. The original game is a very bad NES game that, like, switches genres five times and is basically, what if we did Metroid, but every decision was wrong? What if we made Metroid, but it was an angel instead of a badass bounty hunter, and demons instead of aliens? And you could be turned into an eggplant and use your weapons, and you also have to grind for money to buy upgrades, and... Alright, I get the idea. I think the first level of Kid Icarus is very good. Then there's the rest of the game. And then they did a 3DS reboot, and they literally included a stand for you to put the thing on because the controls were so bad. It is a direct sequel. Okay. But yes, they did include a stand, and you either use the stand or you learn how to hold your 3DS in the most uncomfortable possible way. Which I did the first time I played that game. I was fine. And I'm just saying, if you have to decide the best way to play your game is to include an accessory to hold it for you because you made the control scheme so bad, fuck you. Oh, first of all, you forgot uh, Kid and Icarus Guts and Monsters for the Game Boy? It's just like three levels and it exists, though. There's nothing to say there. It's, it's yes. a... I'm not saying it good, I'm just saying that you forgot it's a it. Fart in the Second wind. Ago, nowadays you can emulate the Kid Icarus for 3DS, so you don't have to use a stand, you can use a regular controller, and that game is really good. It is a very solid game. Its main villain who is its main villain is very fun. Unfortunately, I don't own it already, so I can't take it on during Backlog Punishment Quest. <laughs> Fair enough. I, uh, in all seriousness, I think you would enjoy it, Sable. It's a very out-there, silly game that I fear would be in your cards. 
Well, when we get up to 2012 uh, in the timeline, you can make me come back to this. <laughs> Wait, did that release in 2012? Yeah. Oh, oh, God, I... I'm... Go- I'm... <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah. Learning that diff- the Kidigarus Uprising released before we end our podcast timeline genuinely hurts. I am literally in pain now. So let's go to the next song, which is... Uh... You have to realize... The 3DS has been discontinued for two years now. Prisoner of today. We're breaking up the city. No time we're wasting away. So tell me why should we stay? A prisoner of today. that I don't hate, I actually think I quite enjoy it, but every time I listened to it I got distracted and did something else so I don't have anything else to say about it. Oh, um, okay. I like, I like the guitar bit, I like the softer guitar bit. There's a guitar riff that interrupts the chugging and it's very quiet and sort of neat. Uh, I like that, but also I got consistently distracted throughout the song, so this is for all of you to talk about. Okay, so I just learned something looking at the Genius page where it has the little Apple Music pop-up all the time that I never use because I'm not signed up for that. The version they have listed is 354. There was a video for this which takes it to five minutes, and I thought, God, this opening is so long and bland. Apparently it's just something that's on the video. <laughs> that's why. Okay, so... This is still That's the longest funny. track, but it's not over five minutes. And that cuts down a little of my frustration with this. I was wondering, because I'm like, you know how I feel about long songs. And I'm like, was there a song that was five minutes long? Yeah. Like, I felt like there was some that were slow, but like, I feel like I would have known. Nope, didn't see that. I thought that was so very weird for them, because yeah, everything else comes in under four. Alright, that explains it. Yeah, they just, for some reason, their playlist on the actual channel shoves you to a video version of this. Uh, so what I'll say about this song is I don't like it lyrically. But I like the lyrics themselves, but how they're paced just doesn't click in my brain. Uh, I, I will say this is another song that's very that's very guilty of the repetition. Love the guitar. No, this one's incredibly repetitive, and the worst part is because it's repeating so much it made me realize this song is the proto men's breaking out but just slow and without any kind of actual charm to it need more friends with wings all the angels i now put concrete in my veins i don't Just like my 
I, I, I was saying, I like the, the line, the opening line on this. Need more friends with wing? All the angels I know put concrete in my veins? That's a very alkaline trio line. <laughs> yeah, no, the lyrics on this one yeah, pretty bad. Uh, as someone who was very bullied in school to the point they were homeschooled, then when I started college, the exact same bullshit started happening. Uh... This is a song mm. I relate to quite a lot as it goes through a lot of not just my pre-teens but also my late teens um, before I learned what socialization was again. Um, it's a song that I still, I don't listen to it as much or with the same kind of fondness or recognition that I used to but I still appreciate it. Yeah, um... First of all, you, we need to have like a, a, a lesson so you can explain to us what socialization is, if you figure that out. Um, <laughs> it's where you go and talk to people and they don't immediately dislike you. I haven't quite gotten there oh, yet. Oh, I don't know what that feels. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is fine. I, I enjoyed the song. I didn't I didn't really look at it lyrically, except for that first line, which I think rules. Um, yeah, this is an anti-suicide song. They did, in fact, put out a single version of it and gave donations from every sale to the Canadian Suicide Hotline that was mentioned. Uh, much Music, which some of you might know as the Canadian equivalent of MTV, was... Uh, they put this as one of the most controversial videos in their history, actually, because of the part at the end where he does, on screen, put a car in an put a car in a garage, and commit suicide with the exhaust. Yep. Hmm. Uh, the song is... This is basically Canadian Jeremy. <laughs> uh, this song is also based on a true story. As many songs like this are. Interestingly, I think this is the first song of this type on our podcast that I have actually genuinely liked. Like, theoretically, those songs should be appealing to me directly, but... <laughs> yeah. The very last line of the song, the chorus has changed, so it, instead of going, there's nothing to gain and I can't fight the pain, it's, there's nothing to gain and I just died today. Uh, I do think that as a point about this being a song about uh, depression, bullying, suicide that hits different... I think of all of them, this one hits very uniquely in that it's not... While it does still have that very much tones of life is suffering, it also does a very good touch of touching on the doldrum of it all as it goes on as well. I am not going to mock a suicide song. I think this is a bad suicide song. Okay. Go go for it, Samuel. No, that's that's my take. I I think there are better ones that have done this, but also, I don't think a lot of them went as far with 
trying to make donations. And again, they went they went hard on the video. So I think the song doesn't work for me. I think the message is uh, something that I will applaud. I will mock the band briefly in saying, do not wear a better band shirt during your videos, drummer in the Bad Religion shirt. <laughs> can, can we just say that all bands should stop wearing other band shirts in, like, merch or photographs? or Because it's just... No, no, you see, I disagree here because that one, no, because that one live that John Darnell uh, of the Mountain Goats did wearing uh, an I, go, I, I Hate God, which I think it's a black metal band <laughs> shirt throughout the whole show was awesome. And he's allowed. I mean, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah I don't think, I don't think you can't wear other band shirts casually. I don't think you can't wear them in photographs. I think you don't wear them to the music video shoot. Yeah, I, I would agree with that one, actually. That makes more sense than what I was saying. Mm. Ah, the fashion police has come. Um, Let's go to the final song, for which, as is tradition, I have no notes, because my headache got very bad by this point, uh, which is Voice of Violence. Don't wait for the night in China It's the Green Day song. This. Yes, that's exactly what I was okay, about to say. Okay. This is the one that sounds like Green Day. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Tema? <laughs> I seem to have opinion on this. Uh, I actually wish they'd had more of this vibe after the first few tracks. This had a good energy, and I thought it was a solid closer, uh, and... Uh, yeah, a pretty good. I thought this was a message song that worked better. It's anti-war. Yeah, this is. I uh, this is the Green Day song, but this is also just a very good song. Like mm-hmm. that Green Day comparison. This track is better than all of American Idiots. Yes, that's True. not hard. That's not hard, but it's going but for the not- exact same lane. And you know what? It's succeeding in three minutes eleven seconds, as opposed to. Fucking up the airwaves for 20 years and Broadway for eight. <laughs> I'll say that it did very much remind me a lot more of their uh, Green Day's 2012 album, um, which is also about war being bad, surprise. Um, but I liked that album. I like this. No complaints. This is a great track. I really loved the sound on this one. I thought they really brought it with the lyrics. Good metaphors. Mm-hmm. Solid. I I do think that they, Billy Talent, do have a habit of the strongest albums on their tracks. A lot of the time, for most of them, is the very last track of the album. I, l- yeah, I like that they go out with a bang. They put 
either something explosive or something that just puts a nice cap on the end of things there quite a lot. Um, so on their Dead Silence album, uh, the title track is the last what is the last track for the album, and it's not a fast song. It's much slower. It's another anti-war song. And it goes hard where it needs to, but it just finishes things off so well. And I think that's a, a habit that the band have throughout their entire discography. Fair. Shall we go to the final thoughts, since we're done with this? Same song, different chorus. So this is fine. This is, I don't know if this is something that I will re-listen ever, just because there's so much music in the world. But I really liked a couple of tracks of this. I really like when they go more postercore, more frantic. There's a couple of tracks here that I really like. Uh, I'm not sure how much they work for me when they go in a mass, more classic, like melodic hardcore punk direction. There's definitely a lot of interesting ideas, and I appreciate the records uh, as a whole. It's solid. Um. I'm curious to see where they go, because especially learning that they're still active today, it's like, huh, I wonder what they do with this sound. This is definitely different from a lot of their peers, or at least, you know, heavier, which I appreciate. And good, good, good mix of influences. To me, it's a solid, like, 3 out of 5. It's like, okay record, it's good. It's more than mediocre. It has enough to stand on its own and to be unique. And uh, it's good. It's a good record. I, not the most memorable thing we've listened to for the show, but good potential. Good shit. Did we mention that the producer is one of the most Canadian men alive, by the way? Who's the producer? The producer is Gavin Brown, who is listed as a Canadian record producer, which makes sense when you are the person who works with the Bare Naked Ladies, Billy Talent, the Bare Naked Ladies, The Royal Teeth, Hess, and I could keep going. Oh, okay. Also, he mastered the score for the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Good for him. That's Washington, not Canada. You know where they filmed that. <laughs> I know. Uh, Anyone else with final thoughts? This album... It reeks of, this is our first big album, but it stands up on being unique in, I think, even three years later. I first got into Billy Talent with their second album, then went back to this one. Uh, and I think at that time as well, it still stood up. It still sounded very different from anything else I was listening to, which, to me, includes their second album as well. You can tell the band improved in leaps and bounds very quickly uh i do hope you get me on for that episode as well because we're gonna have so many more fun discussions there <laughs> yeah this was an incredibly pleasant surprise it's not often that i come out of one of these going you know i've never heard of this band and i'm really glad i have now you know uh very pleasant surprise, very interesting band. Looking forward to hearing what their sound mutates into and if it's still something I jive with. Um, you know, uh, musically, this isn't necessarily my thing, but I did like it a bit better after, like, looking into the lyrics. Um, 
it's a good album. It's just not for me. That's okay. I think there's something to be said about, and this is unrelated to this album, about getting into a band like with their good record and then going back to their previous record. Like It reminds me of when I got into Muse as a teenager, and that was like Origin of Symmetry era, which is still, you know, Muse are now a laughing stock because they're into NFT and shit. But at the time, you have to understand, Origin of Symmetry was a great rock record. And then you went back to their first record, which was basically like, we really want to be Radiohead. And it's like, oh, I guess I was expecting more from more stuff from this band that I like. I don't know why you're talking about NFTs. Muse haven't done anything since Knights of, Sid- Knights of Sidonia. <laughs> I wish. Wait, I, wait, I agree, what? that was the last good record. Yeah, Muse got into NFTs. Oh, did you? Yeah, they they did that earlier this year. No, 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 no. I know about that. Knights of Sidonia? Oh, yeah, you didn't know that was their first album and that's kind of what the anime's named after? No. Not their first album. That was their fourth album. It was their last good album. Either way, yeah, no, that's... No, that anime is basically ripping off a Muse album. It's just spelled a little differently. Mm -hmm. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Muse, they were good for a while, and then everyone hated them. With yeah, like good their rights. fifth album. <laughs> My mother has always hated their them. To be fair, I think the instant I turned on them is when a, I saw one of them strumming an iPad on stage on SNL. This, this has a, been a podcast. Yeah, this was a podcast. You can find us on our website, getoutofthistown.com, where all of our lovely things are. Uh, you can email us. Please send us emails. I will uh, reply to you and put a little heart at the end because no one has ever emailed. Well, I think a person emailed us. So if you want to be the second person that emails us, you can write to us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. I will reply with a little heart at the end because I would really appreciate if people would email us so we can read the email on air. Also, if you are on uh, Apple Podcasts, or if you don't or aren't on Apple Podcasts, please download Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Please leave us five stars or four stars. Not less than that, because that would be detrimental to our general success as a podcast. And I'm sure you want our general success as a podcast. I mean, if you want to leave lower than that, you have to Pay wait us? until we get popular enough mm-hmm. to ha- for us to have lots of five and four stars to bring up our average. So if you want to leave a, a bad review, you've got to get like 20 of your friends to the podcast that actually like it first. Also, every star less than five that you leave us costs you a thousand euros. You need to pay us to leave low reviews. Um <laughs> Is this a reverse payola scandal? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's illegal. I don't think it's illegal to pay someone to leave you a bad review to 
No, to have someone to pay you to leave a bedroom? Is that illegal? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Look, if you leave us a three-star review, you can send me 2,000 euros and then I can pay for my name change legal fees. Okay. Those are expensive in Italy. I Shit. mean, they're gonna cost me some money too, I know. I need to hire a lawyer! I've never hired a lawyer in my life! Oh, you should do what Good I did luck. and uh, sleep with one. <laughs> I don't sleep with people! I've, I've, I've never had to hire a lawyer ever since that one event. Okay, I just, that, I just seems like, that, that seems like a low privilege there. For what it's worth, uh, she's still angry about that to this day because, quote, my profession is not an STD. I went to four years of school for this. <laughs> is that the Naruto girlfriend? No. She's okay. dead. The lawyer or the Naruto girlfriend? The Naruto girlfriend. Okay. That tracks. Ellie, <laughs> um. <laughs> <Holy>, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I am just saying, people who are into Naruto... Are we like more likely to die than lawyers? Believe it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I'm done with this podcast now. We are all done with this Fucking podcast. Amazing. And life Thank in you. general. <laughs> and life in general. Do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything to plug, Sybil? My website, hellscaper.com, has every other project I work on. Do you have anything to plug, Alex? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PirateTheAlex, or one word, uh, where I occasionally think about things, retweet stuff, and post pictures of robots. Mm. Do you have anything mm, to robots. plug, Adam? Never. And you can as always find me on Twitter at DaisyCDemoon. I'm currently doing the Ludum there. There will be a game by me soon. It's about depression. If you can find anyone to play test it, <laughs> no one will play test it. It will be hey. horrible. It's... Also, the thing that I wanted uh, Sybil to play test was another thing, not the Ludum there thing. Uh, yeah, it's about mm. depression and intrusive thoughts. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be super cheerful. I'm immune um... to that. I can test that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but you can always wear our T-shirts and your music video. <laughs> We don't have t-shirts. <laughs> well, I'm gonna fix that. I'm gonna make a design. Okay. Sure. Why not? Uh, have a good day. Yes! <laughs> See ya. Have a good day, everyone. Goodbye! There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.